Hey there, this is Liana, and you are tuning in to Sharpen Her Iron, conversations with dope women. What's up, y'all? We are picking up from where we left off last week with Angie Smith talking about preparing for the bounce back. It was a dope episode, and this is part two. So if you missed last week, go ahead and listen to that, and then come on over and enjoy the rest of the conversation. It gets deep, y'all. Grieving is in the back in the closet Mm -hmm. and I use this like house analogy Mm -hmm. of like as people get close to us like if we're just dating like you can't come up in my bed you could come on the porch Mm -hmm. maybe you could pick me up but you don't get to come and know all of these deep dark secrets like the back of my closet looks like so if the back of my closet is my my past stuff or my traumas or my Mm -hmm. undealt with whatever Mm -hmm. um, ideally Ideally, I'm to a place where I'm in my own house and that closet door is open. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a mess or not, Mm -hmm. I'm fully aware that that stuff is there Mm -hmm. and and it's it's a part of my life and I mm-hmm. see it and maybe I organize it maybe I gotta go fix it or mm-hmm. but if I'm still looking at my life oh yeah I've been through that and I yeah. know in my head I've it, I've padded up yeah. the door and it has yeah. the caution Suppressed tape and no, no one's there and I'm just now in the present preparing for my future that messy closet is still there yeah and eventually it's gonna get to a place where it yeah. opens and then now I'm dealing with not just the mess of the closet I'm dealing with however much time went by mm-hmm. that I thought I was healed from yeah it. And then I'm having to read. Now I'm here again. Shoot. I thought we'd been through this. Well, maybe you went through part of it. Yeah. Maybe you did half of it. Maybe you did half the laundry, but you got half a basket still here. Like what's going on? So I think, I think it's, I think we culturally are much quicker to move and to not give the the grief enough time and space to breathe because it feels Mm. like wasted time. It, it well, can be so. Just the however, yeah. I think each person is different. I no, I agree with you, and I'm, I'm not a therapist. Uh, you are, and um, but I actively have work and working through some things. I think there are times when grieving requires you to stand still mm-hmm. and not necessarily focus on like building. And you give me your opinion, but I also think grief. Is not it's something that you can be in motion and mm-hmm. grieving and simultaneously. Grieving. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and the motion is like the action, the decisions you're making of like, let's say it's about finances, right? Like you can be making better financial decisions in this moment and still dealing with whatever pain or grief or even loss and loss can be, and you know this, but like loss isn't just like tangibly losing something. It's the loss of a dream or the loss of an idea of what something could have been or would have been, you know, if you would have done things differently or had, you know, or if you would have, sometimes I grieve what I did, what was not taught to me. Mm. Right. Because I say to myself, if you would have taught me that, or if I would have been exposed to this, or if, you know, I say that for like a a lot of, um, a disadvantage in, in marginalized impoverished communities. It's not just what we don't physically have. Sometimes it's what you don't even have the knowledge of or the insight to, to make certain decisions. Right. So part of my grief is I know something about student debt that I can now give information to the, the kids that I'm raising or I am mentoring and pastoring that was not given mm. to me. And I can be, I get frustrated right. sometimes about the fact that the feeling of this is not fair. There was no one here to give mm. me that. And I feel behind in this yep. way. Right. But at the same time, you say, okay, Liana, but you're in this place and you don't have to diminish that you feel those ways, but like, what decisions can you be making about your life? Like right, right, right now. Right, right. So it's like some of the things with grief, right. I feel like you're processing emotions and feelings and 
disappointments and all these things over here and then you still actively right. are like moving quote unquote moving forward with like good decisions right. i guess right. um or <laughs> or beneficial decisions right. like to kind of i think my therapist said to me one time liana be con and this is more so dealing with like an addiction but be compassionate towards your desires mm. as you redirect your behaviors mm. and she was saying stop judging your desires mm. so much you know what i'm saying stop acting like you got to fix yourself right. Right. you know so right. much that like you can't put energy into like making a better decision yeah. like of course you're yeah. dealing with the stuff you're here <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're here, you're in right. therapy or whatever, but you still have the power right. to decide where like the emphasis is being right. put. But I agree with you. A lot of times we live in a culture and a society and a, maybe family structures that say like kind of just, you know, get over, and it. get over it. Or maybe even depending on what people group you come from, you haven't had the privilege or the luxury to process and deal and do that because the demands of your everyday life say right. you got to just make right. it so even ain't no therapy ain't no therapy space for emotional right. processing almost seems like a right. luxury you said everybody said get exactly over get over right. it and like you said sometimes the idea of like well you didn't go through what i went through right. so you got it good right and that mentality not giving you the room to have right. your own story right. you know but that's right. still new you know it's i can only speak as like as a black person and knowing like generationally yeah. the the luxury yeah to process and deal with trauma and which i don't think should be a luxury that's not a luxury right. every human should right. have that as like right. a basic need right. but it feels like a luxury to right. our generation right. in a way right. that like generations before us didn't right. have it but because they didn't have it traumas have been passed down Right, <laughs> you know, like if you weren't gonna say it, I was. I was like, yeah, we have the luxury of of now getting dealing with our stuff health, in there, but right. now we doing it for like, everybody. Yeah, that can every do generation. Us. So, oh yeah, now we're with that. Right, right. Yes, so this is the luxury. My ancestors. Exactly. So I hope you got something for all of us because I'm carrying some stuff that's not yeah. just mine. Yeah, here. we're never carrying what's yeah. just ours, and yeah. what the previous generation processes and deals with. Uh, impacts what does or doesn't get passed yeah. on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. what I deal with, right. you know, uh, assuming the hope yeah. and believing that the Lord will bless my womb to have children, right. or even just the children I've been right. mentoring, how I deal with my stuff and the stuff that's right. been handed it's down to, to me impact the amount that they carry. It depends. Yeah. It impacts the amount that they, they carry. The more emotionally healthy that I am. Yeah. So we're talking about preparation. I think preparation also has to do with generations, yeah. right? So the more that I deal with my stuff, it helps prepare a kid who hasn't even entered the world yet with how they right. deal with their stuff, what right. I teach them, what I model for them, and the room that I give them to go through a variety of experience. We talked about a lot of what we go through has been imposed upon us because of frameworks of thinking. Right. Right. And these frameworks of thinking have made us put things into two categories, bad or good. Mm. And so if bad and good are the only two, or right and wrong, are the only two categories that we function out of, you know, then it doesn't leave room for something just is. Right. And we're right. journeying through right. it. And I think, I think for me, my Christian upbringing yeah. just, just <laughs> yeah. more thoroughly separated those yeah. two. And if it couldn't, yeah. if it Fit couldn't into, yeah. be, there, there was sin. also never, yeah, yeah, there was also no space for the just is. Yeah. 
And if it was a justice, then it was just bad. Yeah. Because it wasn't clearly yeah. good. Yeah. So, it's bad, but there's grace. It's bad, but God loves you. It's bad, but it's still labeled as bad. Right. And so we still have this um, judgment yeah. that we're putting on ourselves. Yeah. It's like, you're jacked up, but God, you know, and yeah. I think there is some level of truthfulness, but for the most part, I do not believe that that's the way that the Lord has desired and his vision and his view of us when putting us into the world. Yeah, I agree. And I don't, I, I, th- I think we, got so it's like the more shame the yeah. better christians yeah. oh yeah the more access oh, yeah. to god yeah. the more is me? self yeah. self pity um no yeah. not, not pity like deprecation like yeah. so like tearing down of self yeah and and yeah. the and the just i am so un i'm yeah. so unworthy yeah. and I'm made in God's image. image? How, I was like, about to say that. How does I'm so coexist? unworthy and I'm made in God's yeah, how image. How does that coexist? And if I would have had that question be a question, yeah. how much more, I think, how now I know I can be fully made in yeah. the image of God and what's the other one? What, uh, what a simple? Say? No, no, no. Um, Unworthy. How can I be, how, yeah, how yeah, I'm, I'm unworthy of the love and the grace and yeah. the righteousness, whatever, yeah. whatever. And I'm made in the image of God. Yeah. Like now I can be like, well, I'm my mentality. We'll see how I am when I'm 60 or however old. Yeah. I'm like the first more than half of my life was very, very much the detrimental. Like yeah. you're, you know, you lucky. You're I'm lucky horrible. you got here. Yeah. Right. Good thing for Jesus and the Gentiles, in. because yeah. otherwise yeah. you, yeah. you know, you'd be right back where, yeah. where all we are, whatever. But now I'm like, okay, image of God. Cool. I'm leaning into everything that yeah, is like, great. That, that is more point. than that's the starting point. Right, that's where I am now because there was so much yeah. of not that, yeah. that I'm just trying to get back to my balance yeah. and if i'm yeah. too much on the if i'm too much on the freedom and on the love and on yeah. the god is good and i'm the image of me. god we'll be, we'll be <laughs> we'll but right now right, but right now from where i came from yeah. which is i'm just now seeing the yeah. part of the loving your neighbor yeah. as yourself and yeah. that was so yeah. small that as yourself was not emphasized to us that and and that if it was that was selfish and wrong yeah yeah like that to me is a mistranslation yeah. and a misguiding yeah. of what I think God's amazing message yeah. of, of rest yeah. in it, rest yeah. in who and how yeah. and what I need yeah. you to do yeah. here. And yes, yeah. there will be things that come and to be that your doing should come out of your being. Yes. And that your being is with God yeah. and is in yeah. rest and is yeah. in grace and is yeah. in righteousness. Like yeah. that is such a different message than like, you are resting to stay yeah. home at church today because yeah. you're going to spend the day with your family yeah. or with your friends yeah. and God, and you're going to see God in nature yeah. and share a meal and together. And not this obligatory. And that would yeah. not have been the last thing of yeah. the closest to yeah. like, yeah. what? Like, yeah. now I'm yeah. like, God. And then as, uh, uh, as Christians, we have this tendency to put these like definitives on things that God never did. Right. So like, <laughs> Or at least he did it in his scriptures. And so therefore, where did you get that from? You know, I mean, like, I I think the routine, I'm a pastor. Of course, I think the routine of church is great. You know what I'm saying? I think, but it's not about the routine of church. It's more about the biblical principle of living in Christian community, right? right? right. Living in community with people. But my point is saying, I remember there was a point where I actually wasn't just kind of like fixated in one body, you know, one church body. And it was almost like, 
you was where I was sitting because I didn't have a quote unquote church home. Right. First of all, church home is a concept we've created. Not that I don't think there's anything right. wrong with having a church home right. and having a right. consistent right. country. But there's something wrong with well, you, you telling judging me, me that I'm that not I messed up and I'm not doing the right Christian thing right. because I don't have a church home right. and I don't have a right. this. And so we have right. these like very um well, I think we're absolutely doing church right now, if you ask me. And we have these very, uh, uh, you and I, mm-hmm. like we have these very fixated concepts that we then, I'm fine with you saying, I believe for my life, this is what I need to do in order to create, a, to continue to have a certain right. pace of life. And this routine, it serves me well. And sure. I am suggesting that you try this sure. pattern of sure. living. If you want it, take it. If you don't, I'm cool with that. But anything that we make gospel, mm. that ain't gospel. Right. I have cool a problem with that. With yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, and if you are then, if, if I am new and I'm looking for grace, salvation, I, whether I'm looking or not, I don't have the discernment to decipher what is your gospel yeah. pastor and what is actual gospel, gospel. Yeah. because I'm expecting to find someone who can teach me how to discern yeah. that for myself. Yeah. And there is a lack of, not only is there a lack of teaching of that discernment, yeah. there's a lack of, there's a lack of the discernment and a plethora of the mixing and molding mm-hmm. to where now I can't sort through. My messages all came from the same yeah. physical place or yeah. person. Yeah. So yes, some of them are infused with God and some of them are not. Yeah. So now I have had an unlearning and yeah. a relearning. But I think unlearning is learning. I think it is too, but I don't think it should have ever had to happen. Yeah. If I'm going back to unlearn things to yeah. say, God, you really weren't in that way that the yeah. scripture, you, yeah. you, there is a possibility that parts of you were not in the purity yeah. movement that I was sold and participated in. Yeah. There is a part of you that is yeah. grieving with me yeah. as I hear my story Telling now. Telling 11-year-olds to stand up and say they're married to Jesus and don't get me started. Well, that was my cult. <laughs> yeah. That was me. No, I know. Like, we, was, I know. That, so, so the fact that I can now sit and pray and talk about and grieve with mm-hmm. the same God that I was told that recreated yeah. these structures, yeah. Yeah. like that is, that's yeah. an unlearning that I'm like, let's just not learn it the first time yeah. or let's just learn it. But then that's the, that's where we too, even in our frustration have to give room and grace to the fact that these are still humans, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes we they should people should be held accountable, especially when they're in positions of authority and influence, right? Strong influence because you're influencing and it's affecting people's lives. But I also, as a teacher and as a minister, I have to step back and say, Liana, when have you said things that um, you said them under the fact that you too have been influenced mm-hmm. or shaped or whatever by a particular upbringing you've had or a particular whatever like and so like even though i think it's a responsibility for us to call things out mm-hmm. um that needs to be called out to unlearn and to shift thinking and stuff i also think it's a responsibility for us to say um they're humans and they've been shaped, conditioned in X, Y, and Z by um, and cultures, families, environments, too. Mm-hmm. Just like we're frustrated that they shaped us, somebody's been shaping them, <laughs> you know? And so, like, then it's that process of saying, okay, so how can I 
live differently and still give room for their humanity and their flaws and their, you know, that's just something that I've had to do. Do you you think that we need to give room for humanity and flaws when they are a part of structures that are causing harm? I think we need to challenge those structures. I think we need to put the emphasis on changing them, but knowing at the same time that Something that's very hard for me to believe, even though I think it is true, but it's hard to believe when it's not your experience, Mm -hmm. is that in a different set of circumstances, family upbringing or whatever, that could have been me. Mm. So like, I don't believe, in my heart of hearts, I still work to believe that. For example, when you're a marginalized, disenfranchised person, it's very hard to see yourself in the position of the privileged or in that structure. For example, like, as a person that's come through like right. African slavery, it's very hard for me to say, like, I want to believe if I was, this- I would never have done what right. white people have done or what generations of white people have done. But I have to ask myself sometimes if I were raised, if I were white, even though I can't even imagine being right. white, right? I'm so black and I've right. been raised by people so black and have right. had the black experience right. that it's hard for me to imagine myself just a child raised right. by a slave owner or just a child, not even a slave owner, not even just raised yeah. in an environment where I was taught that I that black people are savage and, less, and they need us to help control them and they need us to help give them purpose. We're actually doing a yeah. good thing. If yeah. I was simply taught that and I and I was raising that, I could too have possibly been part of creating a system that reinforced that. Mm-hmm. Simply off of the fact that the only thing that it required of that child to be like that was to be raised in an environment that reinforced that into their thinking. They didn't have to go out and seek something. They didn't have to to, seek it to be in this mindset. Exactly, and so it's almost like, wow. I don't spend the majority. I don't spend honestly, Angie. Outside this conversation, we just you just asked me. I do not spend the majority or any of my energy being compassionate towards that. For the most mm. part, I spend it saying that's effed up. Right. How do we fight against right. those systems? Right, right, right. How do we do? But right. what it helps me to do is to not completely demonize yeah, the yeah, person yeah. and say point. that in a different situation, it possibly could have been my story. Sure. If black people went to Europe and did what the Europeans did and and black people enslaved white people, like it could have been the case. Being black does not make me more righteous Mm. than a white person, my skin color. And that's sometimes my issue with the attempts to work against certain systems and ideologies is to then elevate the morality or the righteousness of, of, one, of one person, one group over another by pure, by, by my ethnic background right, or whatever. Right. I don't Using think that's the, the case at all. the argument of race that we're trying to disprove that it, that it doesn't matter. Exactly. Anyways, that it's a exactly. Concept. Yeah. But I'm not going to say as a, but to your point earlier where you're saying, remember if you use the comparison of like in my Christian experience, so much of my unworthiness has been emphasized that now at this place in my life, I'm focusing on the fact that I'm made in the image of God and I'm, I'm, I'm rebalancing the scales. I think as black people, we're trying to figure out how to rebalance the scales and you're going to have different ideologies and different groups of people. And especially for me, I'm a black Christian. So that, Right. has its own tensions or whatever with how Christianity has been used, not right. with the truthfulness right. of the right. gospel. Right. Right. Um, right. Like that, that, that dealing with all of that, you know, 
as a black Christian, I can never say that there's any one group of people that is better than more moral men or more righteous and more accepted by God, period. But at the same time, I can say that the God that I serve is against injustice, that he favors the marginalized, that his heart is for the widow and the poor. Like he says this in his word that our God, God has chosen sides. And the side that he chose is the side of the marginalized. And that is the responsibility of the privilege to to acknowledge their privilege and do something about it. You know, so anyway, so to answer your actual question, no, I don't think we spend a lot of energy on focus so much on their humanity that it cripples them to believe it like that it cripples us in a way that says oh well they're human right 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 right. as if that's not a responsibility to challenge right sin right period right in a way that it's affect yeah you're human and in your and we do that in our individual christianity sometimes i mean human yes first of all the definition of human is not sinful first of all adam and eve were born with the ability to choose otherwise you know what I'm saying? So that's a whole nother, and they were fully human. So that's a whole nother theological discussion. But in and of itself, that does not make you um, not responsible for the decisions you make. It says, in my humanity, and I, when I realize and I acknowledge where I have fallen short, whether individually or communally, how do we repent of that? And mm. repent means turn away yeah. from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How do I turn back to God's original design or his design and plan for my life? And how do we as a collective hold you accountable to the degree that it affects the collective? You know, yeah. um, in the church, has the, there's a difference between challenging things that affect the collective and your individual walk with Christ. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We want to control people's individual walks with Christ mm. when it's our responsibility to teach you. And then that becomes between you and God. Now, to the degree that your decisions affect the collective, sure. then yeah, then we have a sure. responsibility to take a stance against that, sure. is my opinion, you know, uh, or from what I believe I've learned, you know, from scripture and right. from what, you know, right. um, kind of my journey with God, right. you know. But, um, yeah, I don't even know how like we got there, but that's, that's fine too. It's just, I think back to the conversation of just like, um, bad and good in the church. Mm-hmm. Right. And how mm-hmm. even not just the church, but you were given an example of another component of your life and how it has heavily played into how we categorize our experiences, mm-hmm. you know, in such a way that it's detrimental to our flourishing and our progress and the same Jesus that we feel like people have used to kind of control and to bondage us is the Jesus that says, I've set you free. I've set the captives free. I've set the captives and do not allow them to put you back in bondage when I have set you free to live an abundant life. He's like, there's something you know about me. You've experienced in me and you know the truth about I am a a captive setting free kind of God. So in any way in your life, you have been put into a place of bondage, whether that's an emotional bondage, that's a a, a framework of thinking, whether that's a decision. Right. Anything of bondage is not of God. Right. And the church too can put on right. us these right. ideologies, right. these paradigms, these right. types of bondage because the church sometimes can be a structure of control. Yeah, absolutely. Religion, and, period. And I think, I think the more the more you as a church establish structure and control, 
the more you will attract people who need who that need structure to be controlled. and control who believe they and need who to be can controlled. find yeah. their faith, their walk, their whatever, of their yeah. God in yeah. that structure yeah. and control. And I think God, God is in structure and control. Absolutely. And God, is also, in, lives, right? and God is also in freedom and spontaneity, yeah. like yeah. and creativity Absolutely. and imagination. Absolutely. So how do we have the structure and the control and not use, not use that continually as it has been used Throughout all of time, well, the in downside majorly is, oppressive ways. Yeah. That's okay. Like, but we how as somebody who who if we want people to be a part of Christian communities mm-hmm. and we want them to be um, both in some in some structure yeah. and in some um, this is good for them and in some control. Us. Yeah. yeah, like there, I think that there are elements of that that are good, and I think that people have died throughout our entire course of history mm-hmm. through that. And yeah. it's been you're gonna be if you're not here, you're gonna yeah. die. So yeah. believe in our God or die. Yeah. Okay, yeah. great. You believe in our God, wonderful. We'll yeah. spread this message. So now yeah. Christianity and yeah. Catholic, like now we're here, and how to make sure that if we are in if we are participating in a system that is offering structure and control that who's at the head of that system is also creating the space for the mm. imagination and the mm. creativity and the freedom mm-hmm. and the exploration and the mysteries mm. of God and I have found that there is very little of that in the structure yeah. of what like our yeah. church bodies look yeah. like and even in some type It's very formulaic. Yeah, and which and, goes back to the original conversation though. What do you do when you follow the formula? And you're, but you, you find yourself in a low place. You find yourself experiencing difficulty, or you mm-hmm. find yourself mm-hmm. uh, experiencing loss, or you find yourself experiencing whatever, which is counter what you thought you would experience right. if you followed the formula. When right. God never told right. you, God is about principles, not formulas, right? right? Because what the Bible also says, it rains on the just and the unjust. In this world, you will have troubles. Period. It doesn't right. matter how. Good you, quote right. unquote, good you, and you should right. be, you know, because right. you should live a life that says God's will for me is what's best. And right. so I should desire to live submitted to right. that. So I'm right. not saying live this unsubmitted life because you're going to have trouble. I'm saying know that because you lived a submitted life to Christ doesn't mean you won't have uncertainty. Doesn't mean you won't lack clarity. Doesn't mean you won't mm-hmm. go through depression. Doesn't mean you won't go through these things. And I think part of the preparation, which we're talking about, we're talking about bouncing back from these low places is you said preparation is really big. Part of the preparation is accepting that it's not a formula. Well, and knowing and knowing that it even exists in order to accept it. Yeah. Like I, I did not know that there was another way outside of the formula. I thought the formula was God. So tell me, what did you mean when you said um, you thought God was the formula? Like, what did that mean? So to me, that meant if I do this, this, and this, then I will get this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. So if I follow God mm-hmm. in these ways with mm-hmm. my mind, with my spirit, with my body, with mm-hmm. my whatever, with my the, how I'm living a godly life, then I will get these results. So mm-hmm. specifically for me, that meant um, not having sex before marriage mm-hmm. would equal that I would have a successful, a successful marriage. marriage. Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> That's what I said yeah. when I ended up not having a successful marriage. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ. Because we made the happened? whole quality of marriage on waiting to have sex instead. I don't know what your marriage life was like and you could talk or not talk about mm-hmm. that. But 
there was no other training or emphasis or values or teachings on successful relationships or hardships come or whatever. Not in comparison to, to how much there was about Oh, not, not having sex, sex, right? Or waiting yes. for like your knight in shining armor prince. Yes. Save yourself, save your yes. body to have this whole yes. ceremony on true love waits and wait my, for your... My, blah, blah, blah. my promise ring that I was given by my parents when I turned 16 exactly. that I wore until my wedding day. Yep. And so all of that was the vow, like you do, all of that, the emphasis was put on that. Yes, ma'am. And so you're like, I waited. Yes, ma'am. I got married and my marriage didn't work out. Yes, ma'am. What was that like, Angie? Or, and meaning like, what did you learn about yourself from that, about God? How did you recover from that? Like, have you recovered from that? Yeah, I, I, I feel very recovered and I'm mm -hmm. curious as I go through different stages of my life, if and when I will realize that I'm not as recovered as I thought that I was. Are you waiting for um, that point to come? No, I'm that's just open. Happen? Like I, oh, okay. I don't think it. It is. I feel. Um, I feel very distant from that part of okay. my life. Okay. And there's also room that if in the future I don't feel distant, I don't. I don't never want to be caught again being like, "Wow, how did it, like I'm surprised." Like okay. I don't. I don't want to be caught off guard uh -huh. because of my need to say what would never happen again okay and not being able i don't know what's gonna happen yeah. in the future i yeah. may i may get engaged again and have all this crazy marriage stuff come back and, yeah. and be grieving i don't yeah. know yeah i don't i don't think i don't yeah. even know if i don't think that's it hasn't yeah. happened yet yeah. i remember moving back to los angeles and being like a month in two months in three months in and like feeling like i was waiting for my breakdown and mm. i was like today has been good this day's been good this day mm -hmm. this and then it was like, no, I think you're, I think you're good. Mm. And I did a lot, a lot of grieving, um, in the moment and, and mm -hmm. in, in the time that we were still married, that mm -hmm. was a lot of my grief. So mm -hmm. when we were separated and, and filing divorce and not living together, um, that process wasn't as difficult as the process of being together, trying to figure mm. out if we would be married or not. Mm. Um, mm. so we got married we got married, we, we got engaged, moved to San Francisco and started graduate school all in the same month. Mm -hmm. Six months later, we got married after our first semester, both of us in graduate schools, different schools, but both of us in graduate schools in San Francisco. Um, we lived in San Francisco a year and a half, stayed married. We were both in school full time and both of us kind of working. Um, and just just focus was very much on school and on like trying mm -hmm. to learn to live together and yeah. um, all of that. Then he got into a PhD program at UC Santa Cruz mm -hmm. and we moved to Santa Cruz and I was there for a year. A year later, I moved back to Los Angeles. That's when we separated and he stayed there. Mm -hmm. um, so it was not until our third year, our third wedding anniversary was kind of this acknowledgement of, for us, marriage is part commitment and part desire. We're here mm -hmm. because we want to be, but we're also here because we committed to being here. Yeah. So, so our commitment scales were fine. My commitment was fine, but my desire was not fine. Mm -hmm. um, and I had moved to Santa Cruz and got pretty depressed for me. And, and my answer to depression is always like, well, let's get involved in everything that we can because yeah. we love people and fun and friends and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I get booked a trip home. I joined Big Brother and Sister. I joined a softball team. I joined a church. I joined a small group. I just was doing everything that I could that I know serves and fuels and fills me. 
and I did that and it was still these feelings to where then I looked around and it was like no this is a, a home issue of what's happening yeah. here and um, it was about an eight month process of, from our third year wedding anniversary until I left in August um, and it was very very difficult it was there was never any like leaving of of God. It was very much a like, please God save my marriage, change my feelings. Yeah. Um, I felt a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of shame and guilt um, mm-hmm. for being the one that was having less desire, desire. and not uh-huh. knowing why, and mm-hmm. then having it, you know, all different advice, whether it was from a therapist or a pastor or a church group or a seminar or a mm-hmm. what a, just a book like who can who can help me with this because mm-hmm. I really want to do the work like somebody tell me what to do yeah um mm. to to stay married and it wasn't at the beginning it wasn't like a save my marriage because there was no question of it not being yeah. saved because we were not gonna not yeah. gonna not be together so um it was more like how you were feeling in the marriage yeah how it was you more were of, feeling in the marriage right right help me shift or figure out how I can my desire can be resurrected yeah 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 and and desire be resurrected okay well let's return to when there was that desire what What did that look like Uh oh what did that look like Uh oh what did what is that what so are we looking for a return to or are we looking for a what never was because you got married to your first boyfriend that you mm-hmm. had at 19 because mm-hmm. you were never able to, to date. Yeah. And the, and the Christian answer is always, you're getting married, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, it was, it was, you're not allowed to date. Yeah. You're courting. If you're dating, it, it's again, this is my mom. If you're dating, it's against my will. And yeah. pretty clearly that was against what she wanted me to be doing. Mm-hmm. Having my first boyfriend at 19 in college. Um, I was like, mm, I'm rocking with you with a lot of things. I'm going to have a boyfriend in college because yeah. I'm, because I can't, like, I'm yeah. not out here i'm not having sex which right. i wasn't but i right. was like okay i can play i can play the heathen game a little bit i'm gonna yeah. give me a little boyfriend um so crazy yeah it was it was a very uh it was just a very interesting experience but but through through the loss it was like a lot of personal shame and guilt with not of course you know with with what i was bringing or not bringing and and it got to a point where it was a mutual decision and and where um where he had really kind of got his last straw of if you still don't know that you can be happy here then mm-hmm. this isn't it for me mm-hmm. um and that felt very sad but mm-hmm. even more than sad it felt like a relief mm-hmm. that i don't have to i i was i i don't know how long i would have worked i definitely mm-hmm. wasn't wanting to give up and i was trying to find every reason to not yeah. um to not give up but i don't yeah. know if and how I could have been the one to say yeah. like this isn't it for me. Yeah. Um. I wanted to keep trying yeah. a lot of different things, and that's yeah. what I was doing. So, um, it was just a very it. it God would like looking back now. God was very. God was present. Um, it was just a hard. It was a very hard time. Um, but it was also a very like. I I did a lot of it to myself mm. and, and in terms of the the beliefs that I put on to marriage like in premarital counseling you think my you, question, you did that you think you put the um, beliefs there yeah I don't think I put the beliefs in my head uh-huh. but I think my actions and my okay. focus okay um created uh 
I think like my from the beginning it was I'm not getting I, I like no matter what I'm not going to be mm-hmm. divorced like my mom. So mm-hmm. my focus was on what do I need to do it to wasn't not on get being divorced in a happy marriage. It wasn't, it wasn't on a, what do I need to be to be happily married. My question in premarital counseling was what do I divorce. need to do to not get divorced. Oof. Um, that, yeah, and my question on wasn't yeah. it wasn't on if I'm happy or not. Yeah. It was on so it doesn't matter <laughs> because I'm staying married. Yeah. So there was a pretty quick shutting off of what my feelings were and in going back to how I thought about my feelings at that point. Anyways, mm-hmm. it was of course the person around me's feelings is more important. Mm-hmm. So of course I'm going to self-sacrifice and try to create mm-hmm. a home and a life and mm-hmm. a a way of being with my partner mm-hmm. who is my husband that is catering to him and what he wants. Mm-hmm. So I showed up small from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I showed up small and I also didn't know how big I was mm-hmm. in certain areas where mm-hmm. now for me to have my own place, mm-hmm. it's odd if somebody doesn't come over in two or three days. Mm-hmm. Like that's a weird kind of setting. When mm-hmm. I first moved in place people were over all the time Mm -hmm. it was Angie's house was like Mm -hmm. that's me I love that Mm -hmm. when I was married I did not know that value okay yeah I did I never had it because I had never lived alone before Mm -hmm. um and then when I'm married he didn't have it so yeah I would want to have people over but it was like okay well yeah like you don't really like to have people here so I'm not gonna have people here because you don't like to there was never a showing up of okay you don't like to have people here I like to have people here half the time figure out how we don't yeah figure out how we're both there was n- I never led with that. So mm-hmm. he always liked to watch the previews before the movies. Like there would never be a time where we wouldn't if that worked better for my because I never and mm-hmm. so it's not so much like I try to be careful and not like demonizing him or Right, not, right, you right. Know, You're like, just saying there is these differences in the two of you and you ascribe to the idea that your responsibility was to cater to the things he enjoyed to do right. and you didn't pay attention to allowing Angie to show up. Correct. You're not blaming him for that. You're saying Correct. I started I off did, right. in this thing telling myself to play it to right. you know, to, to right. lower me right. and to elevate him. Right. But I think a lot of us generationally and we're coming out of it but our talk that as women, Absolutely. that the responsibility is to serve your husband, to prioritize his needs in this way. Absolutely. And yeah. I think as Christian women, that yeah. is tenfold. Oh, oh gosh. Um, so in coming out of that and being like, okay, like I am becoming the thing that I never wanted to be, which was mm-hmm. divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this thing and now I don't. Um, the grieving was more in the idea of marriage and yeah. in this thing and then in the label that yeah. I'm now going to have. Then the actual marriage itself. As a 26-year-old divorced mm-hmm. lady mm-hmm. Um, versus what I lost in the marriage. There, mm-hmm. was a, there, was, there was a lot of grieving, but then mm-hmm. there was a lot of relief and mm-hmm. release because... Mm-hmm. A lot of it never was mm-hmm. what what I believe is intended to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also sad of grieving this thing that I was a part of that that I didn't have these pieces or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But God was very very gentle in being like, oh, and like because he's just so I don't, gentle. I don't know who told you these yeah. things. Like yeah. I don't know who told you that you're not that. Thank you. Thank you for saving your body, and yeah. I guess. But yeah. if it was for the outcome of not getting divorced, yeah. that wasn't the flip. I never told you it was a one I for one. I never told you it was a one for one. So, yeah. so I'm here. I'm tender. I'm loving. Yeah. You know. Yes, your future is still there. There was there was not a lot. Um, there may maybe the during the process, but once I got divorced, there was not a lot of shame that I carried mm-hmm. in that because it's so 
you know, it's mm-hmm. so young. And then I have like, okay, well, it was my first boyfriend. Well, okay, it was coming from, you know, like these things like, oh, you know, yeah. like people justify reasons yeah. that are yeah. societally okay yeah. for divorce. Yeah. Like, oh, that's you were, you were young. Thing. You were this or that. Yeah, you like, still, okay. You still, for some reason, need them to, you don't need, but I'm saying this yeah. idea that you need to justify a decision yeah, and so that, that I can feel okay about it. It's how we deal with all that's a whole nother, yeah. a whole nother piece. Yeah. And I had my own comings too of like how I, how I start to tell my story then of like, hi, my name's Angela and I'm divorced. Like, yeah. okay, well, it doesn't need to be like that. But then to, yeah. I felt like I was being deceptive if I, if didn't, I didn't tell test. you. So yeah. I've developed my own relationship now to my, to, to me being married and now not. Yeah. And it's been very interesting to then, I was one of the first people in, in my friend group, um, but just that was young to get married. And it, that was very much like Pepperdine culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christian culture, yeah. I think, but but not like typical. Not every twenty three year old me yeah. was getting married. So as I was divorced, then more people are getting married, mm. and then as more people are getting married, now more people have gotten divorced. That you saw, and I have yeah. I have oddly become this. I have I have walked through with several people these experiences yeah. now of divorces or separations yeah. and of yeah. just. Here is a really soft place to land yeah. because not only have I been there, you've seen me go, yeah. you've seen me be there, yeah. and you've seen me come out of that yeah. in ways where some people know that part of my story and some, some people don't, yeah. and it doesn't really matter in yeah. terms of how I show up in yeah, the world. Yeah, it doesn't not define like, you. Yeah, and and I I don't think it defines me, yeah. and I don't feel like it defines me, yeah. and I don't think that other people are like, oh yeah, that's the girl that's been divorced, mm-hmm. like. Nah. I actually knew that you'd been married and then totally forgot. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like the idea, to your point, the idea that we like to like kind of define a person by these labels, like married, divorced, single, yeah, this, yeah. that, mom, this. And the, uh, the reality of it is, if sharing the story can serve you and help benefit somebody else, you do it. Right. But at the end of the day, whether a person knows it or doesn't right. know it, that does not mean you're deceptive or showing up right. as a false right. version of yourself. Right experiences are just that and they're about who you are and who you're becoming right. and and how they help you in the development of life and then what can you if this is necessary to share i will but i am not quite required to go around right. leading right. conversations right. or whatever right. with right. this information right. about me and if you don't know this then therefore i was i deceived you no right, right. and i think that we do that I think that we do that in different ways with different things where, where whatever the thing is that we feel most self-conscious yeah. or feel most heavy about will lead yeah. with that of like, yeah. Let's oh, get this out the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I like your me. shirt. Oh, this is really old. Or like, yeah. oh, this is, you know, do yeah. you need to start that job? Yeah, but it's not that good. Like, yeah. you know, whatever we, yeah. oh, you know, I, I, I wrote this paper, but you know, it's not that good or I didn't have that yeah. much, or I'm not, you know, I'm not a writer like you. Like yeah. we do these like mm. things to, to make ourselves like to justify the smallness that yeah. we feel, I think yeah. sometimes about and a thing, or we feel like they're going to do it, so let me do it first. Right, 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 right. And and I don't think that that's, that's still the necessary. It's not necessary. At I don't all. think that that's even actually that helpful for yeah. us. I think yeah. if we can stop and we can yeah. catch ourselves and yeah. choose to do something different, yeah. we will see that that comment was really rated, rooted in our own demise. Mm-hmm. But now I realize like, okay, I can stop and say, thank you. Yeah. I don't have to tell you yeah. where I got my shirt uh, or how, how old this it came is or how awful I feel yeah. wearing it. Like, yeah. 
Thank you. Gave me I a compliment. Thank, thank you. you. And and move on go, and move on as best as I can. Yeah. Um, so being like, I, I think I'm a very heady person. Yeah. I'm a very analyzer. I think Tell me about I it. could sit in this room <laughs> and we could talk all day about whatever. Like there's just so many yeah. things that are always being processed. So yeah. <laughs> that sometimes is helpful. And sometimes and isn't. Sometimes yeah. is you don't have to, yes. not helpful and very annoying. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, I think catching ourselves and not like to be able to, to not walk in shame around that part of my story is amazing. And to be able to be a light sometimes, or just add a different perspective. I love it when people talk about stuff that they've never done, like being married. I'd never get divorced. I'd never be married. I remember, you know, I'm like, Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what would you think about dating someone who's engaged? you know, like, dating somebody who's been yeah. married or having yeah. whatever and yeah. and just seeing how much of people's own insecurities or how mm-hmm. much societal thoughts have infiltrated like mm-hmm. what happened you know like yeah. it's it's just and, and dating like it's and not, why do not we so lead much. with these definitives about like what will never be the case it's just our own fears and our own like desires to try to control outcomes so we can feel like secure about a thing our wait you just said our own fears and desires try to control of control of control and like um to predict an outcome yeah to pre- predict or produce a particular outcome yeah. i know for me like even um so like growing up like the emphasis being on and i'm not saying the bible does or does not there's different ideology theology translations whatever about sex before marriage uh-huh. but the emphasis being on um getting married a virgin and not only that but like then for me you know, the fear of like, well, then I need to marry a virgin mm-hmm. because if I don't marry a virgin, that means he's had previous sex, sexual experiences. And now there's something to compare me to. And what if I can't perform? And what if I can't do that? But if we're both virgins, then we both don't have previous and experiences. And we'll both have a horrible sex and we life both together. Have, and I'm like, I'm, it's like, if he's a virgin, great, he's not whatever. Like I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm like, Liana, the only reason you're thinking that way is because you're afraid mm-hmm. that you feel like you won't be good enough and that you can't show up and he won't therefore love you enough he will then cheat on you or he has these previous experiences Look at he's comparing you to gone. and so all of that so i can fix that right. i'm gonna marry a virgin Oof. like and and then so every other man that probably could have been an amazing partner or amazing person da, 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 like for me yeah. what if he's had yeah. pre you know yeah. premarital sex not only that what that then does is as you grow up and you live and you start experiencing things you never want to experience in life or you never thought would be your story now you're judging yourself and you're like wow if this person knew this thing about me they would never want to be with me and how do i know that because i have developed those those thoughts and about ideas you. about you or about somebody else and it's yeah. just like this kind of, like you said, this, this never yeah. would, or then or these fears of needing to hide parts of ourselves um, because of fear of like not being wanted or, and that could be in a, a romantic relationship yeah. and that could just be in regular friendships. Sometimes we do tell people things about us that we probably didn't even feel it was necessary or that they have warranted needed to know just because it's like let me get this out of the way because if i tell you now right. you can decide if you, right. you you're gonna love me or not you're gonna like me or not you're gonna yeah. accept me or not and it's like no you don't owe people right, right. these right. pieces of your story it's does it show up in the conversation right. or in the relationship in a way that is necessary and is beneficial i think if we can go to like 
one thing that has been helpful and been a very guiding like question for me is like, is this coming from fear or is this coming from freedom? Mm. And that's it. If, yeah. Even if I only ask if this coming from fear, like yeah. if my answer to this fake scenario yeah. were to be the opposite yeah. in the possibilities of like it could not be, but it could be, yeah. would I act? If yeah. the answer is yes, then my choice to not act may be based in fear. Yeah. And then if I'm consciously making the choice to not act based on fear, mm-hmm. not even saying that that's a bad thing because there's some things that we should not act on based on yeah. fear. Yeah, I should Period. not if I'm looking, run into a pack if of I'm wolves. Feel, yeah, if I'm feeling <laughs> like crossing the street and there's major heavy traffic and I look and, and I'm scared yeah, that I'm Fear is not always bad. Yeah, yeah, it's a protective measure. That's, that's a necessary great. protective Wonderful. measure at times. Yeah. Even if it's, wow, I'm scared to take this job that I'm not going to be able to perform, so I'm not going to apply. And I'm very aware that I did not apply for the job because of fear. Mm-hmm. How wonderful that I'm aware that of that. That I know it. And yeah. that I know that. I and know that I say, you know what, for where I'm at right now I'm and all of the containers that are going yeah. on, I'm not, I cannot afford, yeah. I don't have the emotional mm-hmm. expenditure to deal with fear in the a, employment yeah. category yeah. right now. Yeah. Great job That's recognizing that. You know that, that about way yourself. to go. Wait, yeah. no, we're not jumping over here now. Yeah. But we, you know where we've been practicing? Yeah. We're, we're going we're to try some new food tonight. Yeah. Because we've really been practicing on not being scared of trying new food. So yeah. you're going to go, wonderful. Like, yeah. what I, I don't yeah. care what the answer is as much as I care what your truth yeah. is. And the fact you're that living you in know truth. your truth. Yeah. That you yeah. know your truth. And that God yeah. knows my truth. Yeah. So my, my, uh, yeah. in, in part, my, is this fear or freedom? And is this, um, am I being honest with myself? with God and with the people closest around me. Yeah. And if any of those are off, especially with myself, yeah. that I'm not being honest, I'm not showing up today because you feel like you, you feel horrible and you look horrible and you feel like you look horrible and you don't want to see anybody today because this has been one of the, and that's not why you're not coming. Ange. that's why you're not coming. Yeah. And that's why I'm coming. I don't want yeah. to okay. You're right. Instead of beating truth, up Ange, on myself, for or lying about the reason why I'm not going to myself. Yeah. I, you're right. One of the, the, the commitments I made to myself years ago was that I would at least be honest with myself. Yes. Regardless of what that honesty yes. is. What, regardless of what I find. Yeah. Yes. To be true with myself. At least don't change yes. the truth so it, it feels better or don't want or don't even immediately jump to judging right. the truth. Acknowledge it. Even if it was you, you can't even mm. say what the answer is that you're going to yeah. do. We don't know what the, tr- like, the, not, not, like, Reason. knowing what your truth is. Yeah, but not, regardless of if you go to the party or not, yeah. your win is just the fact that you sat and you said your truth yeah. to yourself. Yeah. And getting more comfortable. And then being like, wow, there's a lot of truths that I don't like. Yeah. Period. So yeah. now I'm realizing there's a lot of truths that I don't like. Great. How yeah. many days am I going to look in the mirror and say these truths that mm. I don't like to myself mm. versus like that's probably going to be somewhat motivating because I'm realizing I'm doing this to myself yeah. versus then being like, okay, I'm going to, what is, what's something else that is also a truth mm-hmm. I've started to add on instead of mm. take away from. So if it's like, man, you feel horrible and da, 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 like if the negative is just there, like, okay, yeah. those things are very true for me right now. What yeah. else is true? Yeah. Like for me, I always zoom out and I say, I know I'm going to be good. I yeah. know God has me. I know yeah. the bigger picture, yeah. these feeling parts. So like in yeah. kind of the bounce back or preparation yeah. circle back, it's been a lot of zooming out and saying, yeah. even if, and you take, five years yeah 
and you are 39 yeah. and you are and you are so clear in who you are and what you're doing and you've survived these 30 years the next 60 is going to be is going to be so beautiful cuz you took these 5 years that's yeah. me in 6 months into this i'm not going to need 5 years yeah. i don't need five, because i'm already clear in those things now yeah but giving the space to say, okay, you are doing things really different yeah. and you're leaning into the possibilities of getting some really different results. Yeah. So the fact that nobody is really rocking with your mind right now, That's okay. that makes sense because they're not doing what you're, you're doing. doing. Yeah. Like you're doing, who's rocking with you? Yeah. Oh, these are the people that you're watching and who you're going to their seminars and who you're, yeah. who are doing the thing. Yeah that had the action because they did it too. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm a little farther behind you, but I see you. Like, yeah. I'm coming. Yeah. And you guys can come too. I hope yeah. all of us come, but yeah. I'm not going to stay where you are because, because you my, because my mind isn't here anymore. Yeah. I can't, I got to yeah. get out of here. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to the moon. Uh, you can, you're welcome to come. Um, yeah, I mean like as we're wrapping up this conversation of um, so many yeah. different things, but as you know, like something I'm really focusing on right now is like, helping people like bounce back um we talked about the last portion you said you know part of the problem was your formula was god mm. so what have you learned about god on mm. the other side or in the middle of where you are right now yeah. that is something that you would give to a previous version of angie mm. that would have helped her navigate yeah. this process a little bit differently yeah. what what would you what would you tell her um I would tell her, similar to you told me, that God is much more like me than I thought. Mm -hmm. And that I guess I am much, I guess there's always been a striving of me to be like God, mm -hmm. but there has been a learning of God is like, like me yeah. and I'm fine. Like yeah. God is creative. God yeah. is funny. God yeah. is adventurous. Because truthfully is we're like God in those ways. Yeah. 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 And, and the parts, if I'm made in God's image, image and yes. I am drawn, I am an adventurer, yeah. a communicator, a bridge yeah. builder, and yeah. a, 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 I got a lot yeah. of energy. If yeah. those things are so true to me, those things are also true like, about I got God. that from God. Yeah. Imagine, and, I got and, this from and God. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to show up for you in the yeah. ways that you are in the world. Yeah. And you're going to see me in Reflected those in ways. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, God, God, I'm not like, I am not submitting to God's will. I am co-creating huh. with God what my life looks uh -huh. like. Yeah, like, right. So we're just saying, like, I didn't get put into the world to just do a thing God prescribed that God's given me the permission to create with him and the responsibility, and the responsibility. to learn yeah. and to adapt and to yeah. mold and to explore yeah. the many pieces yeah. of myself that yeah. I believe God put in me yeah. because with those pieces unexplored, I do not believe that I yeah. will fulfill the potential yeah. of what I'm set here to yeah. do. Yeah. And my, I am, I am driven by time and yeah. by potential. I do not want to die at whatever age I die. I mm -hmm. hope it's over a hundred years old. Yeah. It may be tomorrow. Yeah. I have no idea. And yeah. I do not want to be caught off guard, not mm -hmm. having lived fully in mm -hmm. the time that I have. Mm -hmm. So when I die, mm -hmm. I hope it's after a hundred years old. Mm -hmm. I do. I, God will not say to me, congratulations, Angela, you've lived up to 38% of your potential yeah. because you were too scared to yeah. move in these yeah. areas or these boxes, yeah. or you didn't think that I was creative enough that your dream of dance yeah. and design and music yeah. and therapy and bridge making could all yeah. be that intersection. Yeah. So you didn't dream because you didn't yeah. think that I was a dreamer and you stayed in this yeah. box. Yeah. To me, that is limiting God's potential and God's potential in me. Yeah. So God has not, not, not 
change because the stability parts are still there, mm -hmm. but there is much, much more freedom mm -hmm. that I have found as I have leaned into like, okay, let's explore God, yeah. what you made in me and yeah. in me. I know that you know that I will always be a servant. So I God didn't change your giver. view of God changed. Um, yeah, it, it. it expanded, expanded, it expanded. Yeah. yeah I, because I, and, and changed like, I don't, I don't think I would have said like God is a, God is a creative. Yeah. No, but what like, I'm saying is God didn't change. Correct. God's always correct. been creative, whether yes. I realize whether it, I or recognize it or not. Right. And I've always been in the image of God, whether I, I was operating it yeah. in it or not. Yeah. Um, so I think I've, I've gotten a lot looser of the of the structure pieces mm -hmm. of how God has has mm. been and how he's God and and I've also um I refer to God a lot less as he and more to the more as they and mm -hmm. try and use gender neutral, neutral language term. yeah um so God has just expanded and has been like, yeah, see what I'm like outside of church. Mm -hmm. See what I'm like in nature. See what mm -hmm. I'm like with your people. Mm -hmm. See what I'm like. Do mm -hmm. you think, because I know that you mm -hmm. believe that I'm, that I created all this and I'm in So it's like, okay, yeah. cool. I but can, somehow the only way you experienced me in the building in this, this particular format. And then when I made all of this. And then I'm a learner too. And yeah. I'm, and I'm interested in history yeah. and I'm seeing all of these mechanisms yeah. to control. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to rock with you God over here outside of these walls yeah. because what these walls have done yeah. historically and currently yeah. and yeah. who's not allowed in these walls yeah. in your name. Like, yeah. so let's, so I'll be over here. Like yeah. we can be creative. We can co-create yeah. and I'm still in it. Like yeah. where are places where these institutions can still fit because I think yeah. that they're necessary yeah. and I want to be a part of wherever God is. And how can we play a role in transforming and, the institutions, preserving the parts of it that are beautiful yes, and good and beneficial yes, yes. and eradicating and yes. being completely against the parts that are not. And it doesn't have to be an either for me. It doesn't have yes. to be an either or. Yes. Um, it can, it can be, cause I think there's a lot that is contributed. It, I would not be who I am period. Right. And I like myself, right. you know, right. without, um, my church experience. Yes. I'm a church girl. I'm not denying. I'm not right. Right. at the same time. I can see the parts that I'm like, Oh wow, that is very detrimental. And it has jacked me up psychologically yeah. in these ways and yeah. these areas. Right. And I need to go unlearn and restructure some of these things. And I think that we are benefited, whether it be our Christian upbringing or our personal faith or our learned models and mentors, like we have enough faith to be able to straddle both yeah. and to say, okay, I'm yeah. going to rock. I'm going to be here, yeah. but also trying to redefine you, yeah. but not yeah. everybody can do, do that. that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, Back how can we, set, right? How, right. How can we get to yeah. the people who are like, nope, that place yeah, effed me up. I'm yeah. good off y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I would tell them, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, and how can we get the God that's inside here <laughs> Outside to of come here. outside because yeah. that's the God, the God that you are rejecting. Yeah. That's not the God that I'm loving yeah. and that I'm experiencing yeah. and that I know yeah. that you could love too. Yeah. I, I would not go to the place where God looked like this and Either. you told this and yeah. Da, da, da. yeah. So there is some safety and some caring to intending yeah. of self yeah. that you're no longer going to yeah. this place that has caused you hurt yeah. and harm. Yeah. And I think that that God is a part of the healing yeah. of the hurt and harm that, that right? was caused in this place. Yeah. Um, so, but but finding the the balance, like you said, of like holding yeah. both spaces. Yeah. Um, hmm. So it's interesting. Sounds like something we may need to talk more about in the future. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's why I love um, doing these podcasts and just really have, holding these conversations because I'm. 
33 years old and they never had conversations like this not in a small group yeah not in a bible study not in a you know and um i think that's why it's okay to say like the church is an aspect yeah. Of Christian yeah. life, of yeah. life, of, 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 and I say Christian life just meaning the life of a person who believes in mm-hmm. the Lordship of Jesus Christ, but not, it's not the end all be all. Yeah. There's certain conversations, there's certain things that expand much further. I mean, I wish they were, it was more safe and freeing to have right. in the actual right. church because right. I think it should be a part right. of conversations of like, what have your life experiences been? What have you learned about God? What are you rejected without yeah. even the role of the teacher or the instructor or the leader or the facilitator feeling like I think there's a fear of not having all the answers. And so we either create answers or we avoid converse- certain conversations altogether. That part. That's and so we create answers because we don't know. Yeah. Or we just we avo- don't talk about it. Or we avoid we it altogether. But we don't say we don't know. Instead of just saying, you know what? I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. When the same Bible we're teaching tells us there's some things we're not going to know. Right. The same Bible where teacher says that the we see him, we see God. him, we know in part right. the mysteries of God, like that certain things would just only be revealed in Christ. We can teach that because right. the Bible says it. So right. why it's okay to not know. But if I'm coming from a place of power yeah. and control, I'm never telling you I don't know something. Why would I? That's would I not, that? that's not part of the plan. So then yeah. now I'm like, okay, who's really in here? Like, yeah. are you part of the plan? What plan are you? What God and plan are yeah. you preaching? Yeah. Because maybe that's not the plan yeah. that is for me, woman yeah. or person of color or yeah. trans person yeah. or gay person. Like yeah. that may not be aligning. So our ability to like discern what you're really, yeah. what are you really about? Yeah. I feel like I've gotten much more, um, hmm much more like okay Clarity. what are what are you really what are you really trying to say yeah. and where is this message yeah. coming from mm-hmm. and i am I, like either i can rock with you or i can't yeah. and that's and that's yeah. fine yeah so if there are any closing comments, I mean, I didn't really like formally introduce you and just a conversation with the homegirl and just kind of just unfolded, but for the sake of um social media and if there's anything you want anyone to know about you or follow you in any way what are you trying to do with your life that yeah. you want the world to know about you what would you what you know say? whatever you what want to say I or say? nothing you can tell them you're a magician or you can say hey, i'm actually trying to build x y and z and this is how you can that's why i'm trying to build this stuff um i i do a lot one i shout out to all the hustlers because i understand a lot more when people are like oh i do a lot of things yeah now i say that and i've been relegated <laughs> to a particular <laughs> and time. i realize yeah, and yeah. I realize and it's okay nonsense it sounds like because i'm but like oh, I do a lot of things be who you are um i that's all god I did a lot of things so with that yes be who i am oh and i don't oh i have one i don't have my I don't have my wallet because somehow I forgot. It's that okay, they can't but see. I do have a card. So okay. if you look at my card, creator um, and conveyor of hope, I love it. So my name is Angela Hope Smith. Mm-hmm. Angela means a messenger or conveyor of God. Mm-hmm. Hope is something that you desire for in the future, and Smith is someone who is a skilled creator using a specific substance, like come on, a like a Smith or a goldsmith yeah. or a wordsmith or a hope come smith. on. So I am by name and nature a hope smith, a creator and conveyor of hope, and um, that I believe. How can is people what I get connected on this world? So yeah. I, I'm doing speaking and consulting, mm-hmm. and I am ms underscore angie underscore hope mm-hmm. at Instagram and website. Website is a hopesmith.com. I love it. And yeah, I love it. Well, I'm, people, I'm listen. Check, check for me. Connect, 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 connect. I'm all about making connections, and 
helping to like enrich each other's lives yes. in a variety of ways, primarily through the value I have on relationships. Yes. Like at the end of the day, like that's what Sharpen Her Iron is about. It's about um, like building, connecting and pouring in, uh, to women across generations, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, and just me really believing that if there's not a, a cross generational, intergenerational um, a movement going on, that there's a lack somewhere. Yeah. There's yeah. Actually, I believe yeah. none of us have all of God, whether that's ethnically, mm. gender, age, region, right. none of us have all of God. And right. so the more pieces that you bring into your community, into your space that are different from you and yeah. whatever that difference yeah. looks like, the more of God you're experiencing yeah. on a regular basis. And that if you just kind of stick to whatever seems the same, you're, you're, you're inevitably missing out on the fullness yeah. of God yeah. and believing the lie that you have all of him. So anyway, I would love to, to come, not even just revisit, but just kind of a year from now, be like, what is the fruit? Yeah. What is some of the fruit of, Girl, you and me both. of that faith? Yeah, me too, right? Like, I, I literally, like, today, like, my say, I, just, I was listening to one of his sermons, and I put on my Facebook status, like, because it just hits me, to let faith arise. And it sounds so simple, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It is simple, but it's not, because a lot of times we don't let faith mm-hmm. arise. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Sharpen Her Iron. Go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, and subscribe to our podcast for more conversations with dope women. If you want to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at the Queen Liana. You can email us at sharpenheriron at gmail.com. Engage with us. Let us know what you think about the show. And for all upcoming events Sharpen Her Iron related, go ahead and visit our website, sharpenheriron.com.